Hi, and welcome to the Social Angle Podcast. I'm Vinny, and on this episode, I'm talking best ways to stay relevant on social media with Taylor Borst of American Solutions for Business. Taylor, who likes to infuse pop culture and music into her social media marketing mix, burst onto the scene recently and hasn't looked back. Whether she's showing off the latest in promo apparel, drinkware, or even a random life hack, Taylor crafts content that stands out and commands your attention. We're talking social media, pop culture, memes, TikTok, trends, Parks and Rec versus Schitt's Creek, and oh, we even talk a little bit about Dana Zezzo and the Zoint coming up right now. Taylor Forst, welcome to the Social Angle Podcast. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. I'm excited, too. I mean, um, Melissa wanted to be here today, but she couldn't make it. Um, So I have you all to myself today, which is awesome. Um, We've been looking forward to this episode for a while. We've seen what you've been doing on social media um, last year or so, and we're really excited to have you. So today's topic is going to be staying relevant on social media with things like memes, pop culture, and TikTok which things that you're really good at. Um, now, before we get into the questions, why don't you tell us a little bit about Taylor Borst, how you got into the industry and how long you've been here? Ooh, all right. So I've been with American Solutions for Business for just under six years. So I actually stumbled into this uh, this industry. I, I really had no idea that it existed before. It's like uh, you're either born into it or you you just randomly fall in. I think that's kind of the, the saying, that's you too. Yep, I had no idea this industry existed until I was hired into it. Yep, so same same situation. <laughs> nice. So I, I guess I was in my senior year of college in Wisconsin. I was planning to move out to California to be with my now husband. Uh, but while I was out there interviewing, he actually got a job offer for central Minnesota. And I'm like, shit, where am I going to work? <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm actually right. a native Minnesotan and so is he, but that was never part of the plan. So I, what I ended up doing was basically looking at all of the area chamber of commerce websites and finding applicable companies that I was basically trying to, to convince them to give me an interview and, and uh, you know, plead my case for hiring somebody that was out of college. Cause that was a big Um, that was a big concern for me. I'm like, I don't have professional experience. Who's going to hire me? Um, I have a a bachelor's degree in in communications and emerging media, which is so funny that it all just kind of landed here. Um, But anyway, they they gave me an opportunity. I started in the strategic operations support team, and I've just kind of worked through a ton of different roles from, you know, working with our vendor relations team, marketing team, events teams, and uh, now I'm, I'm head of communications and public relations. So that's kind of in a nutshell how I, I ended up here. That's awesome. So you went to Wisconsin? So I went to Stout, which was okay. a kind of smaller school in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. So you were either an engineer or you were creative. And um, I'm definitely not an engineer. And uh, <laughs> some days I question the creative part, but I uh, I think I kind of fall more onto that side. No way. You're creative. That's why you're on our show today. So <laughs> let's talk social media. You are crushing it. Sure. Um, a year ago, um, I had no idea who you were. Um, but then I saw you starting to show up on social media. Um, and now you're everywhere. You know, I see you on podcasts, I see, you know, you're writing articles, you're in blogs. So tell us, you know, when you started using social media for business and what's your favorite aspect of social media marketing? Ooh, okay. So there's 
there's a lot to that. So this year, I mean, with the pandemic, obviously it has caused a lot of change, right? And some of it is, is scary change and some of it is really wonderful change. And so I think that that has been one of the great things to come out of this year is, you know, it, it's, it's forced a lot of us and given us a lot of opportunity to, to become more social and to tell our stories in a more collective way online. Um, there, there's a lot of different levels to social media and to exposure. So uh, within ASB, we've actually had a closed Facebook group for a couple years now. And so, you know, I've been constantly posting on that for a long time, but when the pandemic hit, it was like, you know, let's kind of create this more collective experience. We're starving for that interaction that we can no longer have in person. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of a lot of that. But then thinking back even, you know, I've been on social media since middle school. So I've actually, I had this realization not too long ago that I've been on social for more years of my life than I have not been on social. So a crazy thing to just kind of realize, but really, you know, three years ago, I think that's when uh, I started to play a little bit more with getting involved with, you know, professional and personal. Um, and when I think about that, you know, there's, there's so many layers to it where it's like you can post professionally, but posting on that personal level is really just as important because the social stuff, you know, the things that explain who we are as people and our personalities is important to our professional network as well, because, you know, we're, we're, we're still building that relationship. Yep. I love that answer. I, you know, I've seen a huge transition, mm -hmm. um, you know, on social media um, since I started. Now I've been doing social media and on social media for, I think, 12 years now, 13 years. Mm -hmm. Now that is not, less than half of my life, unfortunately. That's <laughs> oh, about, <come> on. <laughs> well, I'm embarrassed to admit that's about a quarter of my life. Um, so yes, I've been using social media a lot. And you know, when it first started uh, for businesses pr perspectives, it was all about the brand, you know, the brand, brand, brand. Mm -hmm. But in the last couple of years, I have seen the trajectory switch from the brand to who is behind the brand, the people who are, who are really representing the brand becoming vital to the success of the brand. So yes, I, I love your answer on that one. I mean, that's like, you know, we're all doing this, like, you know, we're doing, uh, we're, we're doing podcasts, you know, as, you know, individuals, you know, we're representing our brands, you know, we're doing Twitter as individuals, we're, we're, we're using Facebook groups, and we're, we're creating relationships as individuals representing brands. So yes, that's where the transition is. Um, well, and Vin, I, I also love that you said that too. It reminds me of, um, well, so Dana Zezzo is my direct boss and he's been an incredible mentor just when it comes to philosophy on social media. And he has the same thought as you too, you know, and it's, it's such an important one that it's, from day one, you know, he he also joined social media early on and used it for business and just kind of hit the ground running and has always had that mindset. And we agree on most things when it comes to social media, but it's also really fun to kind of see what we disagree with too, and to just see what we're comfortable with right. sharing versus not sharing, but so much of it merges together and it has to reflect who you are and the the parts of your life that you want to share because I think what happens is when we get pushback from people who aren't on social media, they're like, oh, I, I'm not comfortable sharing 
all of my life or I don't want people to get, you know, too much information about me. Well, guess what? You get to decide what you're curating for your audience. Nobody's forcing you to, you know, take videos and photos of the the things that you don't want shared. Sure. You're you're in the driver's seat, so you get to to really paint that picture for your audience. I have a quick funny story about Dana Zezzo. So, <laughs> he I'm going to say that Dana Zezzo was one of the first trailblazers in this yeah. industry for social media. When I first started doing social media, Dana Zezza was already out there. Um, and Dana was, you know, he was on Twitter, he was on Facebook, he was at all the shows and they, we had all these pictures and Dana Zezza was always pointing, he was always pointing <laughs> and always saying, get social, get social, get social. Yeah. Now they actually had a name for that, for the point. Do you know what it's called? No. The Zoint. They called it the Zoint. The Dana Zezzo asked Dana, called it the Zoint. Oh my God. It oh was my the just Zoint. I finally got about this. I want to do like a cardboard cutout at our oh, next event. I, I, <laughs> I hope Dana's not going to get angry at me for that because, you know, Dana, I don't see him on social media as much. You know, he has transitioned to, um, bigger and better things and you know he's he was he what he was a trail yes he he was a trailblazer you know he mm -hmm. was everywhere on social and you know god bless him he was i wouldn't say he was a mentor to me but he certainly showed me the way of how social media should be used mm -hmm. and that was that's awesome so a little bit about your boss there that you didn't know <laughs> all right so we're gonna stay on track here so we're talking about staying relevant on social media taylor borst American solutions for business. So, okay, let's talk about staying relevant. So in order to stay relevant, you have to really have your finger on the pulse of what's trending. So can you give us some tips on how promo people can stay current on what's trending in pop culture and social media? Yes. Okay, I have to take a deep breath for this because I have a lot to share with you, Ben. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be a long podcast. <laughs> yeah, I hope you all have like three hours. Um, <laughs> no, so, okay, first and foremost, use the online communities and tools that your organization might already offer to you. No matter if you're with a distributor, supplier, whatever, even if it's within you know, the ASI community, the PPAI community, there are so many tools out there that exist already. We don't need to recreate the wheel. Just be sure to engage. That's kind of step one. Beyond that, we have a lot of different layers that are out there. Uh, Facebook groups, that's a really big thing. You know, a lot of people have their own organizational Facebook groups. American has one as well. Um, but there is the promotional product professionals group. It has, you know, nearly 12,000 members. It is this amazing collective space where you can share ideas and source and, and really just understand what's happening from a high level view. Um, there's also the promotional product young professionals too. So depending if, you know, you identify yourself as a young professional or maybe just young at heart, uh, you can join that group as well. Um, and, you know, a, an amazing community. Uh, next, follow promo people on Instagram. Please follow promo people on Instagram. It is the best way to just organically put those conversations into the feed that you're probably scrolling through at your desk or even just on the couch when you're hanging out in the evenings. It, you don't even realize that you're learning, but you're learning from what gets posted. So um, be sure to build your network there too. I think a lot of people focus so much on LinkedIn, which is still a wonderful platform and connect with as many people on LinkedIn as you can. But I think that you know Instagram gives us this much better insight to 
who we are, what we're thinking about all the time, especially through, you know, those reels, posts, stories, everything. Um, next would be attend virtual industry events. So ASI has, you know, a lot of different virtual events. So does PPAI and Sage, Common SKU. You know, there are so many options out there that you can attend a lot of the time for free. A lot of the time they also have networking or social elements too. Uh, oh, check out Promo Kitchen. So um, I am what's called a uh, Promo Kitchen sous chef. And so I'm part of that organization, but it is a nonprofit industry org and it's centered around uh, mentorship and education. So you can go and you know find a mentor or you can be a mentor. They have blogs and other, you know, educational tools available. Um, we also just did a virtual social. Um, it's, uh, well, I guess we also have a lot of different uh, um, uh, resources on social media. I'm just trying to think, I don't want to miss anything with, uh, with deep them. Breath, but, deep breath, deep breath. Vin, you got to keep me on track, man. <laughs> Take a deep breath. But, <laughs> yes. Lot, lot, hey, I get look. so excited. There are so many resources. The resources, um, go ahead. Uh, promo corner. So I'm also a contributor writer for uh, promo journal. And so I have a monthly blog that you also mentioned a little earlier too, but mm -hmm. we have a lot of very talented writers and content creators there. Um, get involved with your regional organization. So I'm also on the board of directors for UMAP. So that's um, in the Midwest here, but uh, we've done some virtual events, virtual happy hours. It kind of creates this smaller local community for you to engage with too. So you can kind of get like every level of that commitment. And I know that, yes, it is a lot of information what I just like spat at you right now. <laughs> but, oh, and it's valuable uh, though. <laughs> the important part to remember is that you don't have to engage with all of it at once. You just have to engage and take baby steps and do whatever works for your schedule. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, you know, a lot of people who are who are jumping into social media, um, you know, and it's funny because a lot of people are just jumping into social media from a business mm -hmm. perspective. Um, they have minimal time, you know, they're just looking for little bits and pieces. What should I do here? You know, if I'm going to be on this network, what should I do now? Like you mentioned Instagram. So if somebody only has 15 minutes a day to spend on Instagram, you know, follow, you're saying follow people in the industry. Now, let's name drop. Who should they follow? Ooh. Oh my gosh, you're putting me on the spot. I'm, I'm going to miss so many people right now. Um, okay, so beyond everyone that we've already talked about today, um, be sure to follow all of the orgs that we just talked about. But, um, you know, the big ones, I mean, PBAI, ASI, but also, you know, people like Charity Gibson, Bill Petrie, Dana Zezzo, I know we talked about him. Brittany Godsey. Brittany Godsey, oh my gosh. Um, there are so many, so many talented people. I feel like I should just like bring up my Instagram <laughs> right now. Um, but actually when we post this, I am gonna tag a bunch of people that you should follow on Instagram too, just so that we make sure that we hit everybody sure. because we have so many talented people. Um, oh, Joanna Gottlieb, I mean, she's amazing Definitely. with you know Promo Kitchen. She's such an up and comer. Um, and I shouldn't even call her an up and comer. I should call her an up and comer in the social media TikTok sphere. Sure, sure. She's kind of my um, my go-to. I feel like the two of us have been really just like experimenting a lot with media lately. Yeah, and so yeah. um, she's very talented. Yeah, too. we interviewed um, her. She was great. She was awesome. Oh, yes, yes. We'll we'll be sure to tag a bunch of people to follow on Instagram. Totally. And you mentioned Facebook um, earlier. Uh, yeah. 
you know, I have a love-hate relationship with Facebook. I have to be on it Same. for work. Um, yep. But you know what? I think, this is my personal opinion, if it weren't for Facebook groups, Facebook would probably be on its way out. I think Facebook groups are an essential for yeah. people in this industry to do business. People are doing business. They're doing business in, promote, like you said, promotional products. Professionals group, we have an ASI members group that I know, I've interviewed people in that group who are doing business. I interviewed a supplier who had his biggest sale thanks to the group. Groups are where it's at. If you know the right group, if you get into the right group and you and you understand who's in there and you get in there and you start finding people who are having you know, problems and you, you are a solution provider and you see an opportunity, boom. I mean, that, that is where people are doing business. They're not doing business on a Facebook business page. They're, you know, th that to me is just like, do you have to have a Facebook business page? Yes, I think I, I call it like the digital, you know, the Facebook digital uh, yellow pages because if I look for a company and they don't have a Facebook page, I'll tell mm -hmm. you something, I probably will look to the next company they don't have a Facebook mm -hmm. page. You know, yeah. it's a great place to keep your, you know, your URL, your, your website URL, your phone number, your contact information, but that's really it. That's my personal opinion. Facebook groups, that's where it's at. I completely agree. Completely agree. Woo. I need a deep breath now. <laughs> I know we should keep each other in check for the rest of this interview. I know. All right. So next question. So let's, let's talk about staying relevant with meme culture. You wrote an article earlier this year um, about um, meme culture and that it was going to be a trend in 2021. Can you tell us a little bit about, A, what memes are, you know, for those who don't know, and then how do you stay relevant with meme culture? Sure. Okay. So first off, um, the basic explanation that I can give for a meme is that it is a photo or a video. It often has text, you know, above, below, um, but it doesn't have to. But you know, I would say that now it has a much more fluid definition where, you know, maybe like 10, 15 years ago, there were much more strict kind of unwritten rules for the type of meme that was used or applied. So, you know, I've been on Reddit for years and years, and I've never seen that as a platform for really our industry or social or anything, but it is, you know, this, again, community where you kind of learn to, to speak a language. So in a weird way, memes are a type of language and it represents this this bigger social consciousness that essentially constructed its own way of communicating and i'm, I'm just so intrigued by that um because you know nobody no one person just sat down and decided all right. of the rules and you know listen this is not me up here saying this is your new social media strategy is just post straight up memes. Do not do that. Right, <laughs> That's right. not what we're saying. Um, but there is something to say, you know, about this type of buy-in happening, right? You need to be able to speak the language. You need to be able to move really quickly to capitalize on what's happening from this collective pop culture standpoint. And, you know, I'm really, I'm seeing that the same thing is happening on TikTok too, where you have to know, you know, if a certain sound is, is coming through, likely there is a trend attached to it where you are doing a certain thing, whether it's a dance, whether it's a challenge, whether it's just the joke, you, you know, it's kind of like this big inside joke and right. you have to know what's going on in order to play a part in it. So let's talk about, and you and I talked about before we started recording, let's talk about a recent meme yes. that went viral. 
Yes, my favorite. Pre yes. Yes. So if anyone have me smitten, yeah. Is if anyone is unclear about what a meme is, so uh, Bernie Sanders on inauguration day sat there in, you know, his his little coat and his little mittens, and the picture of Bernie sitting up, you know, in D.C. on inauguration yeah. day with his little mittens. Um, no hat, which I was shocked, but he, you know, he looked cold. Yeah. That went viral. It was everywhere. Like Taylor, yes. I could not get, I couldn't, I went for a walk, turned off my, my, my devices and I could still kind of see it in my head. I was like, it's, it's <laughs> everywhere. It was everywhere. Um, and oh. so much so that for Valentine's day, my wife got me a card. That's a meme that this is did a perfect. Did she hand draw that? No, she bought that. Oh, I was that's an say, example she's of very you know, talented if she did. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> who knew, right? Um, so, so I, well, so Vin, I do want to point out though, you say it was everywhere. I want to point out it was only cool for about three days tops. And then it was dead. And it was gone. Or it was like beating a dead horse, right? No, I agree. I think we got to a certain point where it. Mm -hmm jumped the shark where I was just like, I can't take this anymore because it was everywhere. Now, could any, could people in this industry take advantage of something like this? Yes. And they did. So my favorite post that I've probably seen all year was done by the Sanmar team on Instagram. Be sure to check it out. Maybe we can include this in the comments sure. too. But uh, what they did is they created like a, um, it was create the look. And so they did Bernie and then they basically plugged in their products of, you know, where you could get that from Sanmar into the meme. So it was like this perfect combination of like, this is happening in pop culture. This is, you know, a funny way to apply it or translate that language to the promotional product industry. And it was just such an exciting thing to see it. And I feel like it caused this spark probably for a lot of people where it was like, oh my gosh, we could be doing this the whole time. Yep. And, you know, to just kind of keep an eye out for how we can weave promo into daily life, because that's something that we tell customers all the time. Promo is part of your lifestyle. It's not just some random junk that you put your logo on. It should be something that's woven into your life. So I love this that. Is just this you know reflection of that right and you know it, it's funny because stuff like this 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 was so hot like i don't remember anything this hot since the dress do you remember the dress is it yes is it gold is oh it purple whatever it was yeah um, and that was hot for a long time yeah probably a couple weeks maybe not a couple weeks about a week um and then there was that audio thing. Do you remember a couple years ago? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, now I can't remember what it was. But yeah, everybody would hear a different version. Hear a different. Yeah. yeah, it was it was two different things. And mm -hmm. that that was viral, viral for a while. And when those things happened at ASI, you know, I met with the team and I was like, OK, how do we capitalize on this? How do we, mm -hmm. you know, jump on this trend, this meme? You know, and we tried like, you know, it, it's difficult because by the time it becomes really, really hot, a lot of times you're at that like, okay, you got to act now. Yeah. Point, you know, yeah. like pull you know, that trigger. You got to pull the trigger. You mm -hmm. got to do it that day. You got to turn it around in a few hours. For a lot of people, it's not possible. It's like, you know, they jump on it like you know a couple of days after it was viral, um, and the impact is not the same because, like you said, mm -hmm. like people get tired of these things quickly. Um, yeah. But if you stay on trend and or ahead of the trend, um, 
with some of the tips that you gave earlier, you'll know that this is coming and that mm -hmm. it's hot and that you can kind of jump on it. So, so that, that's an answer that, you know, it's like you have to have a team in place who knows what's going on. Um, right. You have to have people who are on social media, who are paying attention um, and can kind of pick up on those things. But and the yeah. Courage, the courage to just do it, right? Right. Because I think a lot of us were like, oh, that would be really funny. And then it's like, no, nah, I better not. Right, right. But, I remember yeah. a couple of years ago, um, it was Super Bowl Sunday. And um, I forget how many years ago this was. Um, the lights went out. I don't know if you remember. I think it was right before the game. The game hadn't started yet and the lights went out. Um, and Oreo, uh, the brand Oreo cookies, they created a meme based on the lights going out that was so amazing. And it got it got like a hundred million, like, it, I mean, it was really good because they saw the potential to jump on something and they turned it around in a very, very short time. Um, you know, that's not something I think is realistic for our industry, you know, because we don't have like these teams of people who are like working on social media, ready to jump on those things. But for something like this, yeah, like you said, Sanmar, they did a really good job on that. Mm -hmm. All right, Whew. <laughs> keep those deep breaths going. All right, so let's talk pop culture. Um, your posts, and you know, I'm talking mainly about what I've seen on TikTok. You kind of you combine your work, like say, for instance, you know, like a quick flip hoodie, uh, with your love of music and your and sound bites from shows like Schitt's Creek and um, Parks and Rec. Now, how has that approach worked for you? And how do you measure success on those posts? Yes, okay. So I think first off, um, you know, it, it really comes down to what what's gonna be content that will apply to more than one audience, right? Because we can talk about promo all day long in a way that only promo people care about. It's, it's really playing with the different audiences and seeing them converge that get really, you know, fun and kind of takes us out of this box and, and helps break that barrier down of how do we educate more than just our industry. I, I feel like we've talked about that for a long time. You know, whenever I say like promotional products to friends or family who, you know, aren't really in tune with what I do, I have to actually explain what promotional products to, are to them sometimes. So even the words that we use sometimes are so internal. And so it's really fun to just kind of play with where where do our barriers lie? Um, to your second question, which is kind of essentially when it boils down to it is how do you track ROI, right? Sure. Um, so I, when, when this question is kind of asked by either our sales associates or, or other people who are maybe struggling with social media, what I like to tell them is that there are two ways to track ROI on social media. One of them is quantitative data. That is the ability to actually track your metrics and see if, you know, did this post actually result in a sale, if you're a sales associate, or did it actually get use or traction or some immediate response from it? That doesn't come super often and you know the trade-off is that it's super easy to track because you remember it you have the numbers the second form is let quality. me let me let me oh, stop sure. you right there for a second yeah. so you said to track it to a sale are yes. you tracking the only way that i am able to even know if it tracks to a sale is if one of our salespeople use that content on their own channel or maybe they create it and then talk to us about it. 
I see. Okay. It is. It's so tough. And I'm, you know, I'm speaking from somebody who is part of the corporate team, but, you know, we work all day to make sure that our salespeople have the resources and, you know, understand what they're struggling with too. So understanding how, you know, the distributor salesperson is going to track their quantitative ROI, right? It's, it's those few times that they actually have a customer come back and respond, you know, on Instagram or Facebook and say, oh my gosh, I love this let's talk about it and then it makes a sale right so it's it's tough to come by but you have the numbers in front of you when it happens sure i mean we we look at data all the time on our social media and you know we always talk about you know how do we measure the success here you know like is it engagement like you know what is the value of a like you know we we always try to put a price you know what what is a a like like on a post a like is a cent a comment is a dollar. Comments make the money. You know what? If you're listening to this right now, don't like it. Drop a comment and just say I'll you take. Like it. I'll take it. A, I'll take it a step further. Share is where the money is at. Like comment for sure. It, when people comment, it, it's the value in that is so. It, like I can't begin to tell you how much we love comments. Like comments are the things that we want most of all, but I do know the impact of a share gets it to a bigger audience. Right. Um, but I, I, I agree with you, like liking something seems to be almost like things, it's, it's something that people do kind of like in passing, you know, it's mm-hmm. like you scroll through, you just like, 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 oh, it's like my mother posted this. I'm like, I got, I got to like it, right? Boom. Um, but to actually get in there and engage and, and, and post a comment means you have to think about it and you actually have to kind of be invested in it. You know, right. anyone could do a like, um, but you're right. Like what, how do you put a price on that kind of stuff? Um, how do you put, um, an ROI on it? Like, like we're, mm-hmm. we're not tracking our social media to sales. You know, that's yeah. not what we do. Yeah. We, we yep. try to, we try to put like logical metrics behind our engagement. So, sure. but it's up to everybody. Everyone's in, you know, everyone's different. It is. It's so different. It's so personal and it really depends on who your audience is, but I think that that kind of segues into the second type of ROI, which falls into the qualitative data, right? So that is going to be basically impossible to track because you just, you never know the true impact. It really, honestly, what it is, is you have to look at it over the course of months or years, because no matter what, people are going to want to work with people that they know, like, and trust. And that qualitative data is really the only way that's going to get you there. I mean, Vin, you you mentioned that I really haven't been on your radar for, you know, for very long, maybe a year. So I could actually classify my content as the qualify or the qualitative data that I'm tracking right now is the fact that you and I are talking to each other right now in your podcast. Right. So right. that is measurable. It's just not going to be qualitative in the way that your backend analytics are. Sure. Sure. I mean, that's definitely, you know, one way to look at it. I mean, everyone, like we, we just mentioned earlier, like everyone's going to be different. Like everyone has different goals. Like you, right. you kind of have to set the goals based on what you're looking to achieve. And, you know, a lot of people get into social media and it's like, they don't know what they're going to do with a campaign. It's like, well, wh- what are you trying to do? What's your end game here? Like for right. me, you know, our social media is all about trying to get people to engage, to, to have conversations, you know, and when you get one like on something it's just like yeah it didn't work 
but it doesn't mean it wasn't good content. Like you got to exactly. like kind of refine your strategy, figure out ways yes. to make it work. Because like a yeah. lot of times, you know, I'll post a, a, a tweet and I'm like, it got one like or no likes. I'm like, that was a damn good tweet. We're like, what's wrong with you people? Like, you know, engage, you know, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, well, maybe yeah. it was the wrong time of the day. You know, maybe, um, you know, our industry, um, you know, maybe I posted it during uh, a virtual expo, you know, and everyone's concentrated doing mm -hmm. something else. Like you have to really kind of like look into all possibilities. Yeah. And I think that the, the key to longevity on social media is being patient, but more than that, being kind to yourself, right? So not setting crazy expectations when something doesn't blow up, being okay with it and not taking and sure. internalizing it as I'm bad at my job or that was even bad content. Because if it, if it pos or if it positively impacts just like one person in your audience, it's still good content, right? right? You never know when that's gonna circle back for you later. So it's just, you know, it's sitting out there. And um, and actually you brought up a point a little earlier in the podcast where you were saying that, you know, you need your Facebook page for credibility, right? Uh -huh. And so having good content across the board is going to help build that credibility overall. And that's very hard to track. If you're trying to cold call somebody they don't answer you, but then call you back after looking up all of your socials and deciding that, okay, yeah, I like this person. I think I'm going to trust them. You will never know the answer to that unless you just find out in conversation right. later. Like no, you'll I, just, you'll never know. Yep. Totally agree with you. We are, the gems are just dropping here. We're, we're, we're just, <laughs> oh my God, we could talk all day. So t-shirts made. <laughs> I may need a nap here. Um, so, so okay, let's talk TikTok. TikTok seems to be where you're really getting the most notice. Um, you know, yeah. I don't know how long you've been on it, but you're certainly no, you're you're getting attention. Um, this industry is got a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot. There's a handful of people in this industry that mm -hmm. are really doing great things with TikTok. Now, a year ago, maybe a year and a half, I did a podcast with Patrick, who was before Melissa. And I sat there and I said, there is no way TikTok is going to be a viable social media platform in this industry. And I have since taken that back. I think TikTok is an awesome platform. Now, you use it. You're standing out on it. Why TikTok? Why not Instagram Reels? Why not another platform? You know what? The simple answer, I started using TikTok before Reels came out. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I, so there's, there is a lot more to that too, because I've, I've been thinking about and probably should start to play around more with reels. Um, but I, I think that the reason why I'm really trying to build more of an audience on TikTok is, you know, there is so much growth potential there. We don't know what that's going to look like, but I want to have that safety net. I want to spread myself out a little bit. If we ever find that one of our other key platforms that's relevant now starts to lose that relevance in the future, I want a foundation. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, to grow my little plant over here. And, you know, if I need to, to harvest it someday, that's great. If not, that's fine too, because it's getting me content that I can not only create on that platform, but pull onto other platforms. And then you said, that I'm having success on TikTok. I don't even know if I would classify it as success on TikTok. Success with success with TikTok, yeah, maybe. By pulling that content, posting it in 
the groups and you know teaching how we can apply moving forward because i would say i've probably gotten i no i have gotten much more engagement with my tiktok videos in facebook groups I which think is that's really a, kind of funny i think that's a very important distinction because we've talked about that a couple times this year um or in the last year with, with um with javier uh, melendez who yeah has, oh yeah, yeah he's a great one to follow too and he yeah. is standing out not on the TikTok platform he's standing out on facebook LinkedIn on instagram too. on mm -hmm. linkedin with his TikTok videos and i think that's a very very important mm -hmm. distinction to make because people are like TikTok allows you to share their content now when you see a TikTok video you see the TikTok watermark on the video so you know it's it was created in TikTok, which yeah. is a very great branding idea for TikTok because they're allowing the shareability of their content, but they're not mm -hmm. letting people, you know, share this stuff without letting the world know, hey, this is a TikTok video. Now, that said, I, I agree with you. I don't think TikTok is a platform where you're going to find your customer base. Like, you know, out it's a very young place to be, right? Yeah, young people are. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I'm not on it, you know. I and think, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're you're right. the The base is young, but over the last couple of years, astonishing how many people I've seen start to migrate over. I but agree. Yeah, you're I, right. Yeah, I agree. Like Natasha Rawls is on there. She, you know, mm -hmm. she's uh, one of her TikToks blew up. I know. I know. And it has like over a million views. So cool. Be sure yes. to check her out too. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. And um. It, yeah. She's been on there for a while, and she's doing great things. But I think the potential for that platform is how you use it in other social networks. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not going to begrudge people, you know, or the platform. I just think that what you guys are doing with it and standing out on other platforms is the way to go. Like I didn't, I didn't f see your TikToks on TikTok. I saw your TikToks, you know, in sure. the groups and I was like, those are awesome. I'm like, you know, I love the fact that TikTok allows you to, and the same with Reels, they allow you to do everything right there with your phone, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, the app is like a studio. You, you have a reservoir of amazing sound bites, uh, you know, music and all kinds of filters. That to me, I think is the appeal of TikTok. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure. It, there's so much creative room and it, it kind of tricks the audience into thinking that you are, um, better at editing videos when really it's it's so approachable it's it's much easier than it looks i promise and i know that we're already like way over time but there is a way that you can remove the TikTok watermark on there uh -oh. all you do is a hack. life hacks <laughs> a hack everyone okay so if you're a TikTok user download or save the actual TikTok video as a live photo then in your camera roll basically convert it from a live photo back to a video and the watermark is gone I just learned that the other day. Um, but anyway, okay. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok's going to hate you for this. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, look, I, I have no, if I was sharing content from TikTok, I would have no problems keeping the watermark on there. But if you're yeah. one of those people who wants the world to believe that, you know, you're just I created this it. myself and, you know, I don't care if TikTok sues me, you know, there's a hack for you. Um, right. Well, especially because if you do decide to upload it to Instagram Reels, the Instagram algorithm actually prefers videos without the TikTok uh, watermark on there. So there's a strategic reason why you would remove it and, and upload I it. I see. That okay. So, yeah. All right. Good to know. Um, all right. So yeah, like you said, you know, we're, we're just, 
we can go on and on forever. I got a couple more questions. I for said you. three hours, Ben. I hope you're clearing your calendar. <sighs> I gotta, I gotta clear my calendar now. Um, all right. So, here's a question that I think is a little bit deeper. You know, I'm I'm gonna try to hit you with this one. Um, you know, we're talking light stuff here. A little little bit deeper. Why do you think it's important to stay up to date with trends and pop culture, um, in our industry? Like to me, I feel like, what's the benefit to our audience if they are using pop culture and and trends in their marketing i love this question so much and i'm gonna try really hard not to offend anybody as i answer it but um here we go so first off um i think a lot of people assume that being trendy or knowing what's happening in pop culture is is frivolous and that you know it's not actually going to affect my business and that might be true maybe it's true maybe i don't you know i don't know your business i don't know individually what that looks like but i do know that the gap that has traditionally been um existing between retail and promo for years and years is getting smaller every day. I mean, 2020, we definitely learned that the world can change very quickly. And if anything, the, the margin between retail and promo is razor thin right now. And it might sound scary, but it, it shouldn't be. It should actually be really exciting. Um, but what's happening is that the buyer is also changing. So, you know, I, I know that there's always been this joke of the industry being, you know, older and, you know, not very much uh, diversity and it's, you know, it, it's kind of just always been like that. The buyer is getting younger, more female and higher expectations. And so if you do not meet where that new buyer is, they're not going to buy from you. They're not going to want it. I mean, it's, it's, there's too big of a, a social gap that in order to make up for the age gap, the gender gap, you know, whatever that that gap is, you have to come back to that buyer's level. And the buyer of right now cares about trends. They care about what's in retail and they do not want you to talk down to them and act like you know more than them when likely they're very in tune with what's happening. And so it 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 really just kind of backs up you know, the social layer, but then on top of that, there's also the technology. The technology is much smarter too. So we can't let like rest on our laurels of, you know, oh yeah, I have a source for that because guess what? Your buyer can probably Google it and have a source in about 10 seconds too. So your value has to be the humanness and the ability to curate and provide actual consultation. I love that answer. Had, I'm just gonna clap here. <laughs> What a great answer. I, I love that. I mean, look, yes, your buyers are, are, they're savvier, they're younger. Like when I started, you know, I'm Gen X, you know, I, I was born in the seventies and, um, you know, I represent a different generation than, you know, a lot of the buyers today. Like when I, when we started doing articles for ASI, you know, back in 2009, 2010 about, uh, you know, millennials, you know, they're, they're going to represent a bigger portion of the buyers and then it's mm -hmm. now millennials i think represent most of the buyers gen z is now starting to you know they're, they're buyers as well so mm -hmm. these are people who grew up with social media you know these are people who have their fingers on the pulse of trends and memes and pop culture and i think 
what you said was perfect. Th that line is becoming razor thin. So that is exactly why people in the promotional products industry should be paying attention to memes and pop culture and looking at TikTok, maybe not on TikTok, but looking at the videos that people are posting from TikTok mm -hmm. and, and just kind of seeing and consuming and understanding what's going on in the world. Perfect right. answer. We've got a couple more questions. Taylor, I know. Whew. Another deep breath here. Um, all right. So pretend I am a, I'm new to the promotional products industry. I, I'm a very small distributor. Um, you know, I'm a mom and pop shop, you know, couple employees. I want to get into the social media game, but I only have time for one social media network, you know, maybe 30 minutes a day. Can you give me some pointers on how they can stand out, um, you know, stay relevant, stay on trend? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So, so you talked about the platform, you know, that I would suggest, I would say it depends on the audience and the comfort level and, and the type of content that you are wanting to put out into the world. So personally, this is just me personally, I prefer Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn. Uh, from a an outward content perspective, I love Facebook groups for the collaboration. So it's like there's there's a reason why you love and use each platform. So a lot of that really depends on what that is. You know, if you're a little bit uh, quicker paced, if you know that somebody is going to be on it, you know, every single day, even for a sliver of time, I think Instagram is really, really great. It's so visual. Um, you know, a couple just other tips, you know, beyond what we've already talked about is put content into the world that you want to consume. I can't tell you how often it is where I'm, I'm following a page on, you know, Instagram and it's literally just flyers all day long static images, static flyers. So these, you know, and there's there's nothing wrong with throwing those in every once in a while, but if you're about to post something that you yourself wouldn't care about, don't post it. Like it, it has to be quality. You know, you have to be consistent. You don't have to post every single day and don't post if you don't have anything good to to say it's like what is that saying if you don't have anything good to say don't say it at don't all say it, yeah <laughs> like that, no. that might be a good rule of thumb um, no, that, that's really that's really good i like you know i like what you said about instagram instagram is mm -hmm. you know i used to when we went to shows physical shows i used to walk around and i would talk to all the vendors and i would you know i would stop and talk to distributors as well ask them questions like what social media are you on everybody said they were on facebook um mm -hmm. But they yeah, said my they grandma, had my grandma's yeah. also on Facebook. <laughs> right. But they said that they had to be on Facebook. They also said oh. they love being on Instagram. This this Oh, will, that's so interesting. You know, I totally it, agree. Yeah, and I think Instagram, yeah. the, the only thing that I think might be a drawback to Instagram is that you can't really share links in your posts. You can mm -hmm. share links in a link tree, you know, up at the top um, of your profile, but you can't like I love that and I hope Instagram never changes, even though they're owned by Facebook. I hope they don't start adding links into their into their content because mm -hmm. that sort of you know nuance to the network allows me to stay in the network you know like they don't yeah. want people to click out and go somewhere else they want you to stay on instagram and i think there's an appeal to that um so you know if i had to answer this question you know again like back to the facebook you know love hate relationship with with facebook you know i think if people want to build relationships they only have 15 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day. I would recommend, hey, you got to be on Facebook, find the right groups to be in, mm -hmm. you know, and forge, build and forge uh, 
relationships in those groups because there are groups for just about anything out there, you know, and you can find buyers in, in those groups. Um, I mean, you can you can search nationally, you can search hyper local. Facebook groups are where it's at if you want to really kind of build your network. And look, LinkedIn too. You know, LinkedIn is is amazing for for building your network as well. But again, like if I had to tell somebody, it's like, hey, I'm just getting into the game. Where should I start? I would I would always push Facebook. But then again, I'm Gen X. Well, and it also depends. Do you want to be more collaborative or more performative, right? So so collaboration happens in those Facebook groups for sure. But then performative, you know, sharing is what's happening on Instagram and LinkedIn. You're kind of putting more content out into the world. And yeah, you can comment on, you know, people's other or you can comment on their posts, but you're not really having a group conversation. Right. The, the last thing that I would say as well would be, okay, so I, every single time I post anything ever, I get a little scared before I hit post. I like every time I like get anxious. I'm like, oh God, what, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? So it's normal. And if you know that it's good content, don't let that be the thing that stops you from posting. Because so what, why do you get nervous? I don't, you know, I don't know. And it's probably not for a healthy reason. I think I worry about what if, um, you know, what if I don't get the engagement? What if I don't, okay. like, it's all, it's all unhealthy things. You know, it's like, right. it's, it's what we talked about earlier. It's like, be kind to yourself. Don't set unrealistic expectations sure. or, you know, it's things like, I don't want to ever um, speak outside of my personal brand or, sure. um, or have somebody maybe misunderstand what I'm trying sure. to convey. Like, I think that that's a big thing too. It's like, I, I consider myself a professional communicator and I still have high anxiety that I'm going to be misunderstood and that I'm miscommunicating. And so if, if for those people who aren't maybe in a role like this, that is a normal thing to have. And you should probably have a little bit of a healthy dose, but also have the confidence to counterbalance that too. And that's a great point. I think, you know, when it comes to social media for people who, who have never used it or are mm -hmm. resistant to use it, there is that sort of um, concern that once mm -hmm. they start doing it, are they doing it right? Um, is the messaging correct? Uh, are you going to get negative comments? You know, and I always, I always kind of jump to the, to doing live video. When I first started doing live video, I was nervous. You know, I didn't know what to do. Uh, you know, it's like, and you're going to have that sort of nervousness when you first start doing it. Um, but I think after a while, it becomes less and less each time. Like, oh, like you said, sure. and sure. I, I still get nervous too. When I create, like we talked earlier, like when I create a, a, a great piece of content and it doesn't do well. And I'm just like, you know, when I post it, like my, my immediate knee jerk reaction is like, go right there. Like, where are the likes? How come it's not getting likes? How can like, <laughs> dude, just put it away, come back in an hour you know, and check on it. You know, it's like, if your mm -hmm. phone starts blowing up, you know, it could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, but don't worry about it until, you know, you know, just don't worry about it. And social media, uh, if there's anything that I've learned about social media over the years is that you're going to fail, you're going to make mistakes, but you got to keep on working at it. Like, you know, the mm -hmm. mistakes that I've made, like I've made mistakes on our social media, you know, I've, had to answer for some of the things that I've done. I've, I've 
pissed off people. I've done things that I didn't know were, were going to be received the way that they were received, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I've learned from it, you know, over the years, I've kind of like, you know, I understand the audience better, you know, I understand what I can and can't do in terms of like, you know, um, like sometimes you could be tone deaf, you like, you know, you're in a pandemic, you probably shouldn't be using too much humor, you know, like, but these are things that you, you kind of learn by doing, not right. learning by not doing, like you have to do it, like to your yeah, point. Yeah, you have it's to like, allow yourself to make the mistakes. And the funny thing is, is that sometimes in a weird way, the the nervousness is actually a good sign because it means that you're taking a risk. Absolutely. Like mm -hmm. this call, I was nervous to talk to you. I never talked to you before. I was like, I've oh, never look. talked to you either, but I feel like we've known each other for years now. <laughs> now, now I do. I, I, I know a lot about you. So this kind of segues really well to our final question. I always end with a fun question. Um, and just by looking at your TikToks, you referenced um, Parks and Recreation um, and Schitt's Creek, which are two really good TV shows. Um, you use sound bites in some of your promotional videos. Um, now I have to ask you, if you had to watch one show, if you had to pick one over the other, which one would it be? So this is a very tough position to be in because I love them so much. They're both amazing. Um, if I have to choose like rewatchability, I'm picking Parks and Rec, but Schitt's Creek is way wittier and a little funnier. But I think we all have kind of like those shows that are like comfort shows to us that we've watched over and over and you can just have them in the background. That's Parks and Rec for me. What about you? Um, well, in full disclosure, I've never seen Parks and Rec, even though I've probably used the Andy shocked face meme a hundred times in my, in, you know, my social media. Um, I know Ron Swanson, you know, it's like Nick Offerman is like, you know, kind the of man. like, he's yeah. the man and I've never <laughs> seen a show. Um, I know it's on my radar. It's like, I, you know, I have kids, I have a, a 12 year old and a, and a four year old. And it's like, it's hard for my wife and I to sit down and watch shows. Like when we watch a show, mm -hmm. um, that's probably the only show we're watching. So we sat down and watched Shits Creek last year and it was awesome. I, I'm telling you, so I good. cannot get enough of, of Daniel Levy. I think, I think his character, David was so genius. It was and genius. he and his dad, I mean, he and Eugene wrote it together. Right. Right. And I, so, so my family, we joke that we are the Rose family because it like all kind of lines up. And so, you know, I'll joke about being Alexis. You, David. Ew, David. <laughs> trying to perfect it. But every well, character on that show is amazing. Is amazing. So good. And I mean, if nobody who's listening has seen Shit's Creek, first of all, we've probably lost them at this point. Right. But second right. of all, if we're still if if we're still on, watch that show. It's so funny. It's so really funny. good, and it's won a bunch of awards, and it mm -hmm. rightfully so. When it first came out, you know. Um, it was on that what is that pop network and uh, yeah yeah pop, pop tv yeah yeah and um yep. we were all like what's pop tv and then you know after i'm watching i'm like we're, we're tuning in the pop every week and i'm like this show is awesome and when it ended i was just so i mean it was a great ending episode it was. um but it was what a great series and now i have to put parks and rec on my radar now so you do <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Taylor Bors, for oh. spending an hour with me today. Um, it's been thank awesome. Um, um, so before we go, let everybody out everybody out there know how they can get in contact with you. Oh, sure. Okay. So um, definitely Instagram, um, 
uh, Facebook, uh, although I'm, I'm not as quick to respond to messages, I would say Instagram and LinkedIn are probably going to be my my main ways. Um, otherwise, uh, feel free to, to email me and, and contact me that way. Awesome. Thanks again, Taylor. For Taylor, I am Vinny. We'll see you next time on the Social Angle Podcast.